Hi, and welcome to this special bonus episode of Explore, a Canadian Geographic podcast. I'm your host, David McGuffin. Today, we're continuing our journey into the history of the Hudson's Bay Company as it turns 350 years old. The HBC's 350th anniversary seemed like a good reason to revisit and expand on a fascinating conversation we had last season with author and canoe enthusiast James Raffin about one of the HBC's most legendary figures, the 19th century company governor, Sir George Simpson. Simpson led the HBC through the peak era of its fur trading empire in the 1800s. It was a period of expansion of trading posts and forts that saw them administering an area equal to one-twelfth of the Earth's landmass, making up much of present-day Canada. My guest James Raffin is a Royal Canadian Geographical Society fellow and author of Emperor of the North, Sir George Simpson, and the remarkable story of the Hudson's Bay Company. Our conversation began by looking at one of the reasons for Simpson's success as HBC governor, what Raffin refers to as management by canoe. To the best of my knowledge, he he has gone further in one season. Now, he didn't paddle a stroke. He had this Praetorian band of Ganawagi paddlers, muscle men, to help him. Uh, massive birch bark canoes, right? Yeah. yeah, but he, in one season, went from New York City uh, to York Factory and the mouth of the Columbia River and back. Wow. And as far as I know, even amazing paddlers like Mike Ranta, you know, who's been back and forth across the country solo with his dog Spitzy a few times. But, you know, he's an epic paddler, but he didn't ever achieve uh, what Simpson did. So um, you're talking about New York up to the Hudson's Bay, over to the Pacific Coast, yeah. and then back. And then back. Amazing. Yeah. In you're looking at, a, what, a five-month season probably there. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sort of chasing ice at both ends. Yeah, and, uh, and getting over the great continental divide on top of it. Yeah, and so, you know, if you if you look at the sort of management texts, I don't know if management by walking around is still a term that people use, but, you know, here's a guy who, who uh, was schooled in the sugar trade in the UK um, and came to North America at a time when the Hudson Bay Company and the Northwest Company were had been duking it out so long that they both nearly run themselves into bankruptcy and, and, and he, the, the companies merged and that's when he became the governor and he was a governor for 40 years and returned a profit on people's investment. But one of the secrets of his success in this nation of rivers was he managed by canoeing around. He, he, and so he paddled from post to post and he wanted to have a look at what was going on. And, and, uh, that was amazing. And he got a, um, a piper. His dad helped him get a Scottish piper with lungs of leather and who could march for 20 miles blowing the pipes the whole way. And uh, um, he had a real sense of show and style. And so they would, you know, they'd paddle to the last corner before a post and then they'd get all decked out in clean clothes and they'd get the piper going and they had a little cannon on the side of the thing and he'd show up. But Simpson would, would enter a fort, uh, 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 you know, a fur trade establishment and he would start with the, you know, the cook's helper, the lowest of the low in there. And he'd work his way and he'd talk to them. He'd say, well, you know, what are you doing? And, and he would learn it. But so by the time he got to the factor and he would learn that the factor was a drunk or was mismanaging the company's funds in some way, or, um, he would, 
summarily sack him. And uh, uh, the canoe, <laughs> the canoe is very much a part of uh, of how he did that. And uh, still to this day speaks to this incredible uh, quirk of geography that allows us to think about this country as a nation of rivers, you know. And for people like my friend John Wadland, who's a historian at Trent, you know, he loves to say that, you know, if, if America was opened by the horse and cart, uh, that being a domesticated animal, the driver of that, Canada, he says, with a birch bark canoe was opened by a domesticated tree. And I, I love that notion. And that was something that Simpson Simpson figured out. And, uh, and in my own life, although he was a scurrilous character, you know, Grant McEwen, the historian and lieutenant was Lieutenant Governor of Alberta, reckoned that Simpson sired 70 children between Montreal and Vancouver. I was only ever to find, able to find 13 uh, with, yeah. I think, uh, a number of different women. But, wow. um, but he did some amazing things. He yeah. went around the world in 1840, 1842, and that was the inspiration for me to travel around the world at the Arctic Circle. Mm-hmm. George Simpson and Michael Palin, a delicate combo of inspiring mentors yeah those are two good mentors um he uh just i'm amazed what you're describing about managing this company which was the size of covered an area basically the size of europe more or less right but doing it by canoe it's amazing to me that he could do that run this empire but not be in the head office you know it was amazing and and it was more than the size of Europe, David. At, at, I think the estimate at, at George Simpson held sway over one twelfth of the Earth's surface. When wow. you look at the the watershed of Hudson Bay, plus they had posts in Hawaii, um, you know, all the way up to what is now Alaska and so on. But um, yeah, the idea that somebody and that was a big departure for for the Hudson Bay Company. It was a company of adventurers, you know, who who were, you know, moving the um, game pieces on a board in London and um, with very little direct connection. And Simpson just turned that completely around. And as a result, I think, salvaged the business interest of the combined Northwest Company and the Hudson Bay Company till he died in uh, in 1860, you know. Yeah. And if... Uh... And the legacy in some ways lives on in that you think of all those great British trading companies and really the Hudson's Bay, which still exists in this country today, is the last one on its feet, right? Absolutely. And it it, it tickles me that, that they're still, you know, the candy-colored blankets, you know, the white blanket with the red, black, green, and yellow striping is still there. And the canoe with that same striping, if you if you go through past their boutiques in the airports of this country, you know, they're still... They're still trading on the iconography of the canoe, but but nevertheless, you know, it's a it's a, a mercantile company that has gone through all kinds of iterations. Uh, but it did start in, on May third, sixteen seventy, which is a long, long time ago. That was author and RCGS fellow James Raffin on this bonus episode of Explore, a Canadian Geographic podcast. Our next episode in our Explore series marking the 350th anniversary of the Hudson's Bay Company is an interview with Jean Taillet, author and Canada's leading Indigenous rights lawyer. We dive into her new book, The Northwest is Our Mother, as we look at the role of the Hudson's Bay Company and the fur trade in the birth and rise of the Métis Nation. Until then, when we explore again, I'm David McGuffin.